Konnichiwa. And howdy, y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo, Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. Yeah, this week we are talking about Hoshoryu right. and Asashoryu. Right. Uncle-nephew deal. Yeah, that's right. And why? Well, because Hoshoryu was your favorite for Sexiest Wrestler of 2021, and we thought, okay, it's time to spotlight this sexy man. Let's see what we can find out about him and his family. So that's the pool that we're diving into today. But first, newsflash. Well, if anyone cares, Asanoyama is back in Makushida now. Banzuke just came out. Fun for him. Um, <laughs> good times for him. Uh, Bonzuke is out officially. Uh, if anyone cares about that, don't know if anyone in Sumo cares about the Bonzuke, but it is out. I don't think they do. I, I don't think people don't think care people about pay attention like stats to it. <laughs> and ranking. I just don't think it's important to the sport, you know? That's right. I think what we'll do next week is break it down a little bit because there were some pretty cool things that happened with the Bonzuke in some highest ever positions. Absolutely. And... We're in a whole new world of sumo. Looking at the Sanyaku this time, yeah. it was just oh so evident that we're in a new age of sumo. We really are. Mm-hmm. New faces, uh, old faces slipping down, and I don't know. There was a lot of movement, but uh, it was pretty pretty cool to look at. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week more. So we had a really cool time chatting with Robert at BigSumoFan.com, and he has a new YouTube channel where he breaks down all the stats and all the cool stuff about sumo playing cards. And so we're going to have a video where you can watch him, and he kind of gives us a brief rundown of the sumo cards, which... um, are all out and there's some really cool fascinating things to learn about these sumo trading cards so heads up on that and we will post the link here sometime this week for our interview with robert thank you to our listener phil who sent an email and he said he has some musical news that he wanted to share with us because he thought it was quite compelling. Now, he said he's a fan of old-time jazz. And you know how we mentioned that our favorite word that's not a word is trickeration mm-hmm. that Hero uses all the time? Mm-hmm. Well, he traced it back to a 1931 Cab Calloway tune entitled Trickeration. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And so he sent a copy of it. We could listen to it. I think for copyright purposes, I can't exactly play it for you here, but there's like a really cool scat section in it and he uses the word trickeration. And there have been other times in music history or just history in general when people, you know, it's urban dictionary. People have picked up on the word trickeration. Except for us. Except for us because we're just, I guess, out of the loop. Yeah. Um, but you know what I, I like when Mary J. Blige, uh, she she I think coined the word hateration. 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 You know, percolate. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> great song. I appreciate when people make up words that now I'm going to use all the time, like trickeration. So thank you, Phil, for giving us the heads up on that. He said the date of the recording was October 21st, 1931, which was two days before the 1931 Osaka Basho. Um and in that Basho, Magashira 4, Ayagawa, won his first and only Yusho with a score of 10 and 1. So perhaps he thought he channeled some of that potent trickeration to secure his win. So <laughs> Nice. And can I just say, 
Thank y'all so much. We get your nice little notes. Just so many of you send nice notes yeah, all know. the time. I know. People donate and they send a little note with it. I and know. It we just, read it all and it just it tickles us. It makes us feel so loved. Yeah. You have no idea how much we appreciate it. We don't share it all the time. We don't toot our own horn all the time on the podcast. And oftentimes if we do, we end up just editing it out afterwards. Right. <laughs> we occasionally <laughs> share them. But just know that we are reading them and I just love them thank yeah. you so much we're happy we connect with you two girls sitting in our parents closet yeah doing a weekly podcast about sumo yeah yeah <laughs> thanks for listening that's all i have to say shall we jump into the main meat portion of this entree i thought i would first before we went down the path of hoshoryu Let's talk about, let me just chat about a former Yokozuna, one who was a total badass, one that many people know and recognize and love due, his, due to his fierceness in the ring. Mm -hmm. He became the and, very- And out of the ring. And out of the ring. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He became the very first Yokozuna from Mongolia. And who might you be talking about? This happened in 2003. This is before Harama Fuji, before Hakaho, before Terena Fuji. None other than the Yokozuna uncle that we love, Asa Shoryu. Yep. Now, the 68th Yokozuna, this man of a man, Asa Shoryu Akinori, man was born. Of a man. Was born. Ugh, apologies again to our one Mongolian listener. <laughs> Dol, he was born Dolgor Sunrenjin Dagvordorsh. Yep, I aced it. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly it sounded just how like it said. Something was like we reversed the speed on like a normal <laughs> phrase. I'm not even going to try to say it. He's occasionally referred to as Mr. Dorgoslin Dagwadolji. Yep. Um, but anyway, we know him as the belly-thwacking Asashoryu, the Yokozuna with a lot of sass, y'all. Yeah. He comes from a long line of wrestlers in his family. Mm -hmm. But if you know anything about Mongolia and its wrestling tradition called Bok, it appears that nearly every child in Mongolia learns how to wrestle, it seems. And he was no exception. His father and his two older brothers were all top-notch wrestlers in Mongolia. Asashoryu started out training in Bok and in Judo back in Mongolia. And let me just say, this kid was a fighter from the get-go. He yeah. has always fought with a warrior spirit all throughout his life, but that relentless fighter spirit often got in the way at certain times in his career. In a nutshell, he retired in 2010 after a scandal, but uh, this is one of the many scandals that has followed him around in his life since and before he retired. He was, though, one of the most successful wrestlers of all time. He won six tournaments in one calendar year, which is the first time anyone's done that, and he even added another one on top of it to um, be the only person to have seven tournaments in a row. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and his... He really was amazing. As a smaller wrestler, he wasn't tiny, but for such a small wrestler, he um, compared to like Ted and Fuji or somebody like that. He had a huge fighting spirit, but sometimes he was just a little bit extra, yeah. if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. 
Well, anyway, he started sumo wrestling at 15. He was a quick learner. And by 17, he ended up in Japan as a foreign exchange student. And he was in high school in a Kochi Prefecture in trying to pursue sumo. He ended up joining a local sumo club at the Japanese high school he was going to with another Mongolian exchange student who also became a successful wrestler later on, too. His name was Asa Sekiryu. Well, he managed to get into a stable. And he did this all on his own? So I think he was scouted. Basically, a sta- the stable owner that took him in, which was the Wakamatsu stable, now the Takasago stable, um, I think got a look at the kid. This is from, I think, the Japanese Wikipedia. But they the the, uh, the coach said when they looked at him, they were like, he doesn't look like much, but he has got this like- This kid will never stop. Yeah. He was like, he trained hard. Even when he joined the stable, his reputation was one that was fierce. Other wrestlers didn't want to do joint keiko with him because the risk of injury was really, really high. Mm-hmm. He gave it all. And I think from the very beginning, that's what the coach saw in him. And he was like, this kid has relentless spirit. He was dedicated in like some way that couldn't possibly be understood. He just looked like a warrior, you know? He energized his whole stable, and he barely got defeated once he joined the stable. He made his professional debut in um, 1999, and by 2000, he was already in Jurio. Mm -hmm. The kid just knew how to fight. Two tournaments after he got that, he bumped up to Jurio. He was in Makauchi. And he was clipping at the heels of other Mongolian Makochi wrestlers like Kyoku Tenho, that's the Tomozuna, Tomozuna Oyakata now, and of like other. He was kind of. It reminded me kind of like Hoshoryu, although I think his Asashoryu's rise was more meteoric than Hoshoryu. Okay, but he was already another two tournaments after that. He joined Makuchi. He was already in Sanyaku in Sanyaku and bringing home special prizes. And after that, he was again unstoppable. And by 2002, he gained his Yokozuna status. So from 1999, when he joined, mm-hmm. he became Yokozuna three years and later. three years later. That reign of being a Yokozuna was hardly a perfect one. Okay. He won. Yes. He dominated for a long time as a sole Yokozuna. He got injured. He lost a bunch, but he always came back stronger than ever. But, but, but. The guy always had controversy following him wherever he went. He was mixed up in alleged max match fixing. Um, I think they suspended him. It could have been worse. He got injured and he went home to Mongolia to heal, but he also got caught um, being on television playing in like a charity soccer, soccer. tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... When that, he was supposed to be right, healing in the ring right, as the Yokozuna. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that did not bode well for the JSA, who likes rule followers. Yeah. He was the very first Yokozuna to ever be suspended. And he was punished after that, and his pay was decreased by 30% for a period of time. Also, it was interesting about reading up about that. Around the same time of his suspension, a lot of the stuff that happened to him in 2006 to 2007, he was actually diagnosed with um, anxiety and depression by a home, like by a psychiatrist. And it was announced that he was diagnosed with dissociative disorders, which is basically you kind of lose 
sense of who you are, right? And so some of the other infractions that he made, the JSA kind of backpedaled on some of the suspensions and some of the other issues because they understood that, look, he's it's not just that he's misbehaving. He has been diagnosed with a real disorder. And so once I look back at that, you, you know, he always gets a bad reputation, but I had never really known that. He gets just a bad reputation for having like a hot temper. But the man underneath it all, is complex, like all of us are, right? And so some of those issues that were perhaps related to dissociative disorder could have played out in some of the, you know, things he was doing. He would get drunk and then, you know, (laughs) get into trouble. And how much of that was caused by that? So I kind of appreciated knowing that because I could look at the man in a slightly different way, you know? He, um, He got into a lot of bar brawls. He broke the nose of a restaurant employee. And that is actually what happened in 2010. That incident was the thing that kind of broke the the camel's back, the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, Because I guess even given the consideration that he had had, you know, dissociative disorders or disorder, he did not possess hinkaku. He just did not have the grace and the respect that the JSA wanted. You know, after he would win, sometimes he would celebrate, you know, in the doyo, he gave Hakaho an extra shove in Mm -hmm. 2018, which was like, you just don't do that, you know? So I think they- In 2018? No, eight. 2008. Okay. And so he just had a habit of getting in trouble with his temper. And so his short fuse and all of that, you know, he was an emotional man. He said about about himself- Everybody talks about dignity, but when I went into the ring, I felt fierce like a devil. And so he really kind of was that spirit, that devil in the doyo. His personality was just always, though, at odds with the Japanese way of sport, you know, or dignity. So I can kind of also understand the pressure of being a yokozuna. And look, if you're not wired like that naturally, that's got to be really, really hard. Um, That's just got to be a lot of pressure to live up to that. So anyway, because he didn't, he never became a Japanese citizen, he never joined the JSA. He took his retirement payout, which was like $1.34 million, And prior to him leaving Sumo, he set up a lot of business ventures back home in Mongolia. And they have panned out. He's worth 50 to $75 million now. He is a businessman. He has all kinds of interests in... Um, philanthropy, um, Mongolian Olympic wrestling team. um, He has also banking, mining, real estate, all of these types of things. He's got his hands in a lot of different pots. Is that what they say? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you follow him, like we follow him on on Twitter. And it's really fascinating because he's funny. He really is funny and quirky and cheeky, at least in his social media persona. Mm -hmm. And I like the guy. He just seems like a really fun, spirited guy, but complex, you know? The first time he went back to Mongolia or went back to Japan, I think was this last time, uh, what was it, in January, that he went to go see Hoshoryu. I don't mm-hmm. think he'd been back since. Oh, really? Um, or if he had, I, I I couldn't really find it. And again, when you look at his life in Mongolia now, he's also been in a lot of trouble. Drunk driving. Yeah. Yeah. Like getting in a fight with police. Like he 
continues to always have controversy following him around. But then at the same time, he is very involved in philanthropy and he's been helping donate English language tech textbooks to schools and giving scholarships to college kids who are studying, you know, or want to study in Japan or study in Mongolia. He's been giving kids, you know, scholarships. So there's many sides to this guy. But I think it's um at doing all that research on him, I think it's he's always everybody's gonna have a quirky weird uncle, right? Everybody's got a weird relative, right? And I think that Hoshoryu's got that in Asashoryu. <laughs> A real fighter, but a weird, quir- real quirky oddball of a man who happened to be really friggin' fierce in the doyo. Okay. He's got a lot to live up to with that uncle, though. Who, Hoshoryu? Yeah. Hoshoryu, born into a family where a lot of people were wrestling. Uncles. Yeah. Not just Asashoryu. Right. But other uncles. And grandfather. Yeah, and grandfather. Hoshoryu's dad is a police officer and he does have other siblings but there's there's actually not a lot written about Hoshoryu's family right i know i know that he does have brothers but he also left mongolia born in mongolia um he also left at age 11 yeah okay? really, really young. young yeah he grew up doing bulk he grew up doing judo from the age of 5 he was clearly around wrestling it was probably one of those things where it's like you get together with your family you throw the kids around the kids wrestle each other <laughs> that sort of family <laughs> definitely just like ours yeah just exactly what we do <laughs> hoshoryu whose real name is sugaracha beyond baslan thank you thank you i know i said i that liked sugaracha when yeah. i saw it i was Sh- like his Shugaracha. name was sugaracha his yeah, name had sugar, sugar in there and sriracha yeah sugaracha sweet and spicy yeah, well, that Isn't makes that... sense for our sexiest wrestler yes, of 2022. Sugaracha, born in 1999. So he's 22 right now as we're recording this. And a lot of people are very, very excited by him. Just know that he left Mongolia at age 11. He may identify being more Japanese, you know, than... At this point, because half of his life, well, who knows, half of his life was in Mongolia at this point, half yeah. in Japan. Okay. His family didn't come here, though. Right. He came to Japan because he was actually scouted as a wrestler, but not a sumo wrestler. And this is the key. He never did sumo wrestling as a kid at all. He knew his uncle was like really good at it, but he also said, his uncle scared him half the time. Well, he said his uncle was huge. His uncle was scary, and he and he said, "There's no way that I could do sumo with guys like that because they're huge and they're frightening." So, I do like wrestling, and I would like to wrestle in the Olympics someday, but not sumo. This other right. kind seems a lot nicer. Okay, right. so he was scouted as a wrestler, and he went to Japan with that judo and wrestling background to basically study, go to school, and then wrestle in the Olympics. That was the aim, okay? But when he got to Japan and he got into school there, I believe it was a school trip. They they went to the summer tournament, a summer sumo tournament. Well, yeah, and he's like, uh, that's my uncle. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know that he saw his uncle wrestling. I don't oh. know that. Oh, yeah, because if he caught... Yeah, yeah. no, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, because he retired in 2010, so... Right. So he he saw other people wrestle, and he saw other smaller people wrestle. Mm. And I think that is what made him think, oh, 
maybe I can do sumo. Yeah. Because these guys are are not they're not the size of my uncle and they're smaller and they're doing well. So and it's really exciting. So maybe I could succeed here just like my uncle could. Yeah. Now I do have to say when Hoshoryu came to Japan, it was Asashoryu that made the introductions right. to get him into this great right. school and on the wrestling team. So when he was thinking about changing his mind to sumo, the very first per the first person that he called was Asashoryu. Of he course. called his uncle, who got really angry and said, "Are you bleep 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 bleep? Are you kidding me? That is what I told you to do was to go into sumo." Got really angry at him, and then he was like, "I." I even put in introductions for you to get in on this other wrestling, even though I told you to do sumo. So basically, just read him the riot act. <laughs> but he also said, I I understand. And if you want to quit the wrestling that you're doing now and do sumo, I will help you. I will make the introductions. So that's what he decided to do. Angering the people at his high school that brought him over to do wrestling, right. the staff at the school was not very happy with him either. Well, they had invested a lot in him, and exactly. And so here he was saying, mm, "I'm not interested in that sport. I'm right. gonna, I'm gonna start wrestling with a sumo club in the high school," which is what he started to do. But it, I just started to get the idea that changing your changing your mind in Japan isn't such a popular option. Well, perhaps I think it has a lot to just. I think it's a lot about letting down or the perception that you're letting down the people who have supported you to get that far. Perhaps. Yeah. And that is a no-no. Yeah. Whatever the reason, he did change his mind. He started doing amateur sumo tournaments and he did really well in them in high school. He joined professional sumo in January of 2018. Again, Asa you made the introduction as soon as he got into professional sumo, Asasuryu sat him down and said, okay, I'm going to give you some advice right from the beginning. Here, get strong. Right. Right? So bulk lift up. weights, bulk mm -hmm. up, don't go too far, and don't, don't get fat too soon because mm -hmm. if you get fat, that is what's going to make you injured. So he said bulk up slowly, but you have to be strong. Okay, I want you to be, you know, I want you to do really, really well. So be strong. Listen to what your boss says. Do exactly what he tells you to do, but don't put on weight too fast. Okay. And he also said, and don't drink alcohol, which I think well, is interesting. That is. Because alcohol seems to have been part of his problem. Yeah. I mean, Asasuryu yeah. seems like he's had other issues going on in his life, but alcohol was certainly involved in that. Yeah. And in some of his other problems that he had after he quit. So it's like interesting. stabbing somebody with a kitchen knife? Yeah. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, driving while intoxicated, things like that, yeah. that mm -hmm. get you in trouble. So I do think it's interesting that he told his nephew, don't do Don't that. do alcohol. Well, maybe he's learned his lesson. Perhaps. Perhaps. Maybe he's on the straight and narrow. So he joined Sumo in 2008. He rose steadily, but 18. I wouldn't. Yeah, sorry. We did the same thing, but <laughs> <Yeah>. in opposites. <laughs> yeah. Showed up in professional sumo in 2018, rose steadily, but not quickly. It just like a slow bubble up from the bottom. He reached Makushita pretty quickly, but then he stayed in Makushita for a year before going on to Jurio. And then what was his highest rank in uh, just last year? And his highest rank used to be Maegashira 1, but after this last Bonzuke came out, he is now 
Komasubi. So he will be wrestling at his highest rank ever in 2022, which is, I think, really, really cool. Yeah. It's cool for anybody to reach Sanyaku, but especially for this kid. In short, he's a kid on the rise. Definitely on the rise. He has not won any Basho thus far, but he has won a Fighting Spirit prize. Yeah. But I think a lot of people expect great things from him because he's so young. Yeah. And he's up here and it it doesn't seem as though he's loaded with injuries. Um I really think what's Im- most important to know about him that it, he really doesn't have a pre-bout ritual yet established. He's a little young for that. Mm-hmm. He hasn't polished it up yet. He hasn't he hasn't taken on the thwack that yeah. Asashoryu did. He hasn't taken on the self-slapping. yet. Yeah. Not a lot of Fuji, where I'm really hoping to see more glower from him because the Mongolian yeah. glower is awesome. Yes. But he has time to develop those yeah. pre-bout skills. What I like about him, and maybe yeah. you're about to talk about this, but, you know, Asashoryu was known for being, well, he's a very clever fighter and he was very strong, but he used over 45 techniques, winning techniques. But some of his moves were so showy, like the uh, full-on body slam to the floor. It has a real name, but um, he used he used all kinds of tricks and he's quick. And when I watch Asashoryu, I do see... Um, sort of a shadow or not or, or echo is really shadow, echo, echo type echo, of fighter echo. in some ways that Asashoryu was. Perhaps. It's but hard he's to also, say. He, he, he doesn't have his attitude. He doesn't have that fire in the, in the way that Asashoryu had fire. He has fire in a different way. Well, part of the reason, well, two things mm-hmm. to note. Okay. He does have a bit of spunk oh. that people have noticed, okay. and I think that's part of his appeal. He punched the doyo once oh. after losing his promotion to get to paid rank. Mm. He lost his opportunity once, and he punched the doyo, and people went, oh. Uh-oh, you're just like your uncle. Yeah. So there was a bit of spunk, and he also showed more spunk. He was involved in that six-way playoff in, uh, there was a Jurio playoff, and he won the first time through, and then lost his second one, and oh, he didn't like that. He went, there was some spunk there. So whenever he shows it, people go, oh, there it is, there, there it, it is, is, there it is, there it is, and we love it, because they missed you. So he does have some of that, um, just not in the kind of spades that right. you had it in. Also, his wrestling style, he's a, he's a yotsu wrestler, so he's a belt wrestler, which is very different. That at his age, it seems a lot of wrestlers don't have a developed belt sumo They're style. They're thrusters. Right. Because I think it takes a long time, longer yes. to develop the belt. Yes. And people in Mongolia, I mean, bulk wrestling is belt wrestling. So they're just much more comfortable with it. Uh, We've also heard, I think it was John Gunning who said it's more dangerous. Belt Mm -hmm. sumo is more dangerous. So less people do it. Um, So just because that's his preferred style, he's going to be using more leg trips and more belt throws and things that are much flashier to people like us who don't do sumo. Mm -hmm. And we appreciate them whenever we see him. So just that style and his background, I think, makes him very, very appealing to a lot of people. Um, but other reasons that people love Hoshoryu, I just have to say this outright, <laughs> his sex appeal. 
I, when I got into looking him up on the internet, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, y'all, there are people on the internet who are like, who have devoted entire websites to sexy sumo wrestlers from Mongolia. And they think, oh, like you go and read them and they're like, oh, everyone from Mongolia has these sexy, sharp eyes. And that they give me a sharp feeling inside that's irresistible, sexy. People love the Mongolian wrestlers, wrestlers and they also love Love, love his glasses, which I know we've talked about before, but he has been in interviews where people have said to him, oh, sure, you ladies seem to love you for your glasses. He's like, and I he just laughs. have sight issues, but well, I guess that's sexy. No, he laughs and he goes, oh, well, I guess I should win an award for best secretary with glasses on. <laughs> so he's got a little bit of a sense of humor on it. It's kind of funny. It's really kind of funny that he knows that his... Kind of geeky glasses are sexy. Oy, oy, oy. Does he have a favorite food? Or? He does. I'm going to get there. He has um, a strangely bland personal life, though, y'all. Oh. <laughs> there are some fan sites out there that are like, oh, he has a girlfriend. No, he doesn't have a girlfriend. <gasps> yes, he does have a girlfriend. They're back and forth and back and forth. I want to know, do our listeners really care? If he's got a girlfriend. I think they do. I think some might, but other ones are like, I don't give a fudge. (laughs) I don't care. But (laughs) so far, what's written about him, you know, is just questions about who he's dating. People love his glasses. People love the fact that he doesn't drink. And people love the fact that he seems to be a rule follower. Well, he seems to be buckling down and he's taking his wrestling super seriously. Well, what I think is so fascinating in just looking at him online is there's 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 a group of people who are very excited when he shows that Asa Shoryu spunk. They're like, right. oh, yeah, he gets right. angry all the time. And then there's a whole nother group of people that are like, oh, he's a rule follower and he doesn't get angry. And he wears these cute, <laughs> geeky glasses and he doesn't drink. He kind of floats over both camps. Mm. So he goes back and forth. Well, maybe he's kind he's- of the Harrison Ford of oh. the sumo world because you're like, oh, he's a nice guy. No, he's a bit of a cad. No, he's a nice guy. Back and forth. That is sexy. Okay. Okay. All there right. you go. That's just my point of view. One other big reason I think people are amazed by him is just his relationship with Asa Shoryu because whenever he messes up on the doyo, he has to answer to his uncle. Yeah. And his uncle, he has said, is much, much scarier than his Oyakata. His uncle keeps him in his line. His uncle makes sure he is home at 10 p.m. or whatever it is. His uncle is on his case. And we can all read him being on his case. For example, if Asa Shoryu loses. No, sorry. If Hoshoryu loses, Asashoryu goes right on Twitter and tells the world. He, (laughs) oh my goodness. Like, I started to look at the things he's written about him on Twitter. Like, Hoshoryu, if you're going to fight, go with the intention of killing me. If you can't do it, it's Chonkoban. I have no idea what Chonkoban means, but I take that to mean. Don't go in the ring unless you're intending to kill someone. If you can't do it, just leave. Yeah, no. Right? He has the is it Genghis Khan spirit? Oh yeah. I mean, he I writes mean, things like total defeat. Let's be a lamb. Like, oh <laughs> it man, makes him feel horrible. I know. It's <laughs> a lot of pressure from the, Uncle Asa, right? I mean, imagine if somebody or wrote Uncle this about you, Dorje Vlong, Dorje, Uncle Dorje. Imagine if somebody wrote about you, oh, the practice hall is way too kind. Oh, look, I'm spoiled. Oh, look, I'm licking. Like, that's the kind of stuff he writes on Twitter when Hoshori loses. Oh, he's not going to get 
favorite uncle award anytime soon with and those yet, comments. And yet, when Hoshoryu wins, he's the first one to say, oh, I taught him everything he knows. Life is tough. I want to teach you more, but you're doing... It's I all mean, my doing. Yeah, it's all my guidance, right? It's all well, my guidance Hoshoryu that got you Maybe just there. takes him in, in, you know, in good measure. Because the truth is, he is a total crackpot in some ways, but he is an amazing resource. Who else has a ter- amazingly a terrifying, terrifying <laughs> uncle that was a badass of a Yokozuna, Yokozuna. A, I know. a winning Yokozuna? Like he really was top notch. He just had the attitude that he still has. Yeah, still has. That's and sure you says sometimes he avoids those phone calls. Yeah, sometimes well, he just turns his phone off. And he's benefited from the nepotism. <laughs> you know, it worked in his favor. Well, he certainly got the right introductions from the uncle. Exactly. So. You just tow that line as oh. best you can, and oh. I'm sure you seems to, seems to do it. I cannot imagine having to deal with someone who will send you angry emails and then send you pep talks <laughs> and then dress you down publicly, send jokes about you to everyone he knows. Oh, I cannot imagine how tough that would be. True. Hi, yeah, But again, Asa Shoryu is a complex dude. So now he's at the Tatsunami Stable with Meisei and Aqua. He weighs 291 pounds. He's a tall drink of water. It's six foot one. His blood type is AB. His favorite food is uh, rice with fried or breaded beef, pork, or chicken and an egg on it. So he really, really likes the meat, just like everybody else from Mongolia. Yeah. Like you, he cannot stand seafood. Wow. And... Doesn't like tomatoes. Oh, I love tomatoes. I know. I've always loved tomatoes. Actually, yeah, you're right. I when ate them as a baby. Kid, you would, your whole face would just break out because you've always loved tomatoes. Yeah, I would have tomato acid all over my face. And there were a number of family photos where I just look like that child has moderate Something's acne. Wrong. <laughs> that wrong small, face. small child toddler has tomatoes. terrible mild acne. Okay, yeah. Well, Hoshori is the opposite. Hates tomatoes. Hates seafood, too. His favorite artists, none. He doesn't have any favorite artists. Oh. He doesn't have time for that. But he does like anime. He likes Hinomaru Sumo. All right. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. His hobbies are fabulous. His hobbies are sleeping and Ruby's Cube. I like, well, you can do both. Kind of like one you can do as you're about to fall asleep. Yes. So that's yes. good. But here's an interesting factoid. If he loses, he shaves. So remember how we've always talked about like some of these guys sometimes have a shadow and sometimes don't. So he's one where if he's losing, he will shave it off. So it's almost like getting a fresh new start. And if he's doing well, he won't shave it. Oh. Yeah. So whenever we've seen Mitakiyumi with a little bit of uh, growth. Maybe it's the same thing. Because he's doing well. Well, I just thought that was interesting because we've always had that question. It was the first time I've ever seen it actually written somewhere. And it's also noted that he and the other younger people at his stable have been shaking things up a bit. They've been doing kettlebells. They've been doing... Doing CrossFit? Yeah, very modern exercises. <laughs> Peloton? The sumo world. They got a Peloton by... They got... yeah Zumba? Yeah, they're doing They're Zumba. doing cardio hit classes. Yep, I know. They go to the stretch lab on the weekends. And they Orange do all their theory. Stre- yeah. No, just kettlebells and things like Bar. that. Bar. 
But uh, I thought that was cool to to read that he's, you know, he's going with the new thing. New he's age. The new age kid. Well, he's a new generation. Yes, he is. A Mongolian fighter. That's right. So that's well, all I've got about it. I loved hearing. You. Well, so you heard a little bit about Asashoryu. It's it's easy to get them mixed up. Asashoryu, Hoshoryu. Well, thanks y'all for listening. Uh, we'll be back at you next week when we bring you who knows what. Bye. Bye. Trying to find that tidbit of information about us assure you. He likes radio. He likes music. Radio control. So I love the... Radio control? <laughs> what does that mean? It's clearly a translation issue. But I like that. it. Uh, he likes soccer, music, and radio control. <laughs> <It> sounds like <laughs> mind control.